Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week we're going small and personal, yet is still entirely related to my transness in ways I will never be able to escape. So let's talk about parents who will never know the real you. And for me, that means my dad. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host. This episode is a little different than the others. While it generally applies to anyone who transitions after losing a parent, it's also very personal and specific to my own difficult situation. Because of that, and because it's so personal, I didn't feel like there was really a lot to discuss with a guest or even with my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the light that keeps me going on my darkest days, Susan Bridges. So this is a chat with just me and just you, and I'm going to tell you this story about my dad. His birthday is right around when this episode is going up, and so is Father's Day, which means he's on my mind now even more than usual. And every year I struggle with this, and every year it haunts me, and it probably always will. This is pretty tied in with how the past can be difficult and complicated for trans people who transition as adults. So see the Trans Tuesday on that for more info, also episode two of this podcast. My dad died in an accident when I was five. I initially wrote out the details, but no, it's better without them. It's too horrible to talk about or even think about. It was, well, it it was really bad. Suffice to say, the method of his death made me terrified of some things as a kid, and I still feel some of the lingering effects of that today. He was also really young when he died, only 25 or 26 at the time. I've mentioned before how my mother, who died over a decade ago, lied to me about him for my entire life. She used me as a weapon to hurt him, and convinced me that he abandoned us. She had me hating him for a good portion of my life, You can learn more about my incredibly complicated relationship with my mom and the ways it affected my own motherhood in the Trans Tuesday on Being a Trans Parent, a.k.a. Mother's Day, which was episode 19 of this show. A ways back, Susan and I found his family. I got to know my grandparents in the few years they had left, and my stepmom is one of the kindest and sweetest people I've ever met, and I have a great relationship with her now that I cherish. Once I reconnected with them well into adulthood, I learned who he really was. It was an extra knife in my heart, knowing the ways I'd been used to wound him and the awful things I'd been led to believe about him. All I have left of him are a scant few photos. I remember some small things, very few of them good. One of the most visceral memories is screaming to get away from him 
because if I went with him for the weekend, my mother told me I, quote, wouldn't be her special little boy anymore. The one thing I remember better than anything is him lying in his casket at the wake. Right down to the pattern on the shirt he was wearing. It's seared into my brain forever. I can see it right now. He's laying there so still. I remember not understanding what death meant. Or why he wouldn't wake up. How awful for that to be almost all I can remember of him. I only have a couple happy memories that I can think of. One of which is playing hockey with him in the winter. No skates or anything. I think we were on a driveway. I've never really liked hockey much, but maybe he did. I remember he had a pipe, and a guy in his 20s, in his early 20s, with a pipe is kind of hilarious to me. Sorry, Dad. And he set it in the snow while we played, and it melted into a little hole. And so he forgot it was there because he couldn't see it, and then he couldn't find it. Why do I remember that? I don't know. The only other memory I have is this. I don't remember why, but he asked me if I thought I looked like him. And I said no, and he asked why. And I told him it was because he had a beard and I didn't. So, so we went into the bathroom. And he shaved off his entire beard. Oh, goodness. What a kind and remarkable thing to do for your kid. I never got to apologize to him for what my mother did. How she used me like a weapon to hurt him. If I hope for anything, for those of you listening, and I do hope for a lot for all of you, it's that nobody ever uses you like that. I still struggle with it. My stepmom tells me that he knew I didn't actually hate him. That it was all the things my mom told me, and that he never blamed me for that. But it still happened, and I was still part of it. I was a confused little kid who didn't understand what was happening, weaponized to hurt someone who never ever deserved it. The cruelty of that 
is very difficult for me to live with. I hope none of you ever have to experience it. I never got to talk to him about how I unknowingly helped those things happen. I never got to be sure myself that he knew I would never done or said the things my mom told me to if I understood. I don't remember him hugging me. And I'll never ever know what it felt like. My stepmom said that I get my kindness and curiosity from him. I have this photo of him inside a hobby shop where he worked. And I wonder how much of my love of miniatures and gaming is rooted in him. For that matter, he apparently had little Tilly convinced that he was Superman for a while. He told me he just moved so fast I never saw him changing. And my bottomless love for Superman probably also began with him. I'm going to share this little story my grandmother told me before she passed. Because this is my show and I can do what I want and I'm mad with power. So when he was little, she'd give him breakfast at home and pack a lunch for him to take to school. And she later would get calls from neighbors asking why she never gave him breakfast. And she was so confused. Because of course she was giving him breakfast, but he was apparently stopping at a friend's house on the way to school and eating another entire breakfast. And he'd also eat the lunch she packed and the bread they'd leave outside for the birds. I never did those things exactly, but knowing that my astounding and much-envied mega-metabolism comes from him, that's really good stuff. Even better is that our son has it too. And although his is already just barely slightly slowing, and it makes him super grumpy in the exact same way I was when it happened to me, that all makes my heart really happy. I wonder how my dad dealt with it. I'll never know. But it's this unbroken connection that we have, and I cherish that. In any case, my feelings about him are so extra complex. Because not only did I not get to know him, he never really knew me, the real me. And that has never gotten any easier. What I wouldn't give for just a moment to tell him. If you'd like to know how I hope that go, Susan and I wrote a short comic about it that appears in the Color of Always Queer Love Anthology. It's out now from A Wave Blue World, and you can get it at Barnes & Noble and any comic shop. I keep that photo of him in the hobby shop over my dresser. 
I look at it every day and I wonder. I don't know what he'd think of believing he had a son who turned out to be a daughter. Every account I've heard of him from everyone who was not my mother is that he was smart and funny. And most of all, kind and compassionate. So that's what I take with me, hoping that he'd have accepted me for who I am without question. I do have one other thing from him, though. His middle name. I talked about that a bit in the Trans Tuesday on my legal name and gender marker change. And when I was leading up to that, I made no decision about my middle name up until the night before I filed the paperwork. And I thought it was because I was too busy, which I am. But it's not like that stopped me from doing other important transition-related things when I needed to. But I kept putting it off over and over again. I think I felt bad, guilty, awful at the thought of changing my middle name. I don't really like the name, and I definitely don't like that it's pretty masculine. I don't feel it fits me. But it was his, too. And it's all I've got from him. And I had to hold on to it, even though having it associated with me is somewhat dysphoric. I just don't know. It's all so complicated. I suppose I could change it later if I wanted, but it was such a headache to just go through the process once. I don't see myself doing it again, just to remove the last thing of his that still belongs to me. Although now that I look at his photos, I think her hair color is the same. I never noticed that before. Oh goodness, my heart. There's another photo of him that, that I really like that will be in the social media and Google Doc versions of this thread if you'd like to see it. He would have been about 25 in it, so it was just a couple years before he died. He's in this super comfy-looking black-and-white sweater. His hair is a bit windswept. His head is resting on one hand, elbow on the railing of a bridge over a river. And he's smiling through that beard. I'm going to try to remember him like that. And imagine he gave me that hug I can't remember. And that he loved the real me just as much. I miss you, Daddy. Tilly Bridges in transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. 
You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly Bridges at Mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillyStransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.